This is the Sonicast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. We discuss everything about music creation, from the tech needed for success to music education. So if you love making beats, film scoring, or creating sample packs, this is the show for you, where you'll regularly hear from experts in their field discuss their experiences and learn what makes them highly sought-after professionals. Today's guest is Daniel Lara. Daniel is the co-founder of Sonic Productions and one of the lead music track creators for the team. He has an extensive music and teaching educational background, as well as a lifelong history playing in churches, leading bands, and much, much more. He has music tracks placed with television and radio advertisers. The interview takes place at his studio. So for the first few years of your teaching career, you really didn't do much in teaching music. No. It was more no, yeah. wrestling. So it's one of those things where, Crowd once control. again, this is why Interesting. It's, it's, it's bad to put people in boxes because at that right. point, no one knew me as a musician. I The only point. reason they knew of me playing music was because of the side projects that were going on at that time, aside from teaching. So everyone at school, the staff, uh, knew of my musical abilities because of things I was inviting them to outside of the school setting. I see. Okay. And, um, um, and the same thing in high school. You know, it was in high school. No one knew that I was a musician. Uh, and it was aside from the fact that I was inviting them to different performances that were going on outside. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's why I think it is, it's yet to be very careful about putting people in boxes because, you know, the minute you meet someone, obviously first impressions are, are big, but generally stereo or place someone in a box and kind of say, Hey, you're the sax guy. Mm -hmm, Right. And from here on out, Dan, you're going to be the sax guy. Yeah. Right. And, but Dan can do a ton more stuff aside from playing sax. Right. Like conduct this podcast interview <laughs> right one of the <laughs> many talents i have <laughs> and, and be a great businessman and there's do music and other things within the music field as well and be a leader and a father and so so as, as you're taking this time then of teaching you know you're 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 doing some music what kind of side projects were you doing what, what kind of music stuff were people you're visiting where you're inviting people to so I was involved in different things out there, aside from school and being part of different things at school, little ensembles, jazz combo, I was part of the male corral there. But outside of that, I was um, kind of being introduced to the world of the like the music scene in LA and okay. like the circles. So I did ended up doing some like, do you remember Promise Keepers? Yes, I do. Oh, <laughs> so yes. I ended up doing some Promise Keepers events in Spanish ah. um, and doing uh, sitting in at churches at other churches, one being Christian assemblies uh, with Tommy Walker um, and okay. being in a group um, called uh, Instruments Praise um, that opened up for different, it was like a pretty much a youth music group uh but we ended up opening for like uh, a bunch of um artists uh one of them being helen baylor back in the 90s um and she was a big gospel artist in that time but i just remember that in those instances i would see like paul jackson jr 
mm-hmm. in these bands. So right. we were in the same room, <laughs> hanging out, and there's Paul Jackson Jr. on guitar. Wow. And um, Abraham, once again, um, Puso Mario on sax. Uh, man, just a ton of, of cats, uh, the L.A. scene cats. Um, and, and different things, yeah, that were going on at that time. And um, little projects here. Uh, nothing ever huge because I was just, once again, kind of, I guess, discovering this world. Uh, yes. Because I was also breaking away from, like, the church. So, like, the church was such a big thing. And trying to get out of the church sometimes was uh, a task because it was like, no, we need you to be here. Like, right. we need you to, oh, you can't be missing, you know, anyway. Um <laughs> But that world just intrigued me, uh, the recording world, uh, studio world out there, uh, and getting to do some stuff with uh, some cool people. So. How much how much recording did you do while you're in L.A.? Um, man, I want to say, I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't much. It okay. was uh, uh, opportunities here and there to get some stuff recorded um, in just some of the I think some some great places. Um, uh Man, um, there was this. Uh, we ended up doing something for actually Vineyard Music in Spanish one one time. Okay. Uh, recorded uh, an album uh, and um, worked in their studio. And Vineyard had an amazing studio, an SSL board, like all the <laughs> out, all the out gear that you could think of, grand piano. I mean, just a beautiful place. And shortly after that, it got torn down, like a year after that. But we're in there wow, uh, because cool. they. Kind of disassembled and re, yeah, reallocated stuff to different. So you state, did, so you did some a little bit of recording there, from there. There was a little, re, yeah, a little bit, but I was still pretty young, um, and man, I was green and, um, yet just learning what it took, uh, and learning that, um, quality is better than quantity because you know at that point you're young, you're trying to impress and. You're trying to do too much. I see. Sometimes, and um, the whole as or the the philosophy of less is more hasn't really penetrated your mind. Sure, sure. <laughs> and you're trying to do way too much and impress people, uh, and yeah, just learning the ropes and learning what it takes. So there was a couple, a few years of you doing, you know, just doing a little bit of recording. Um, you say that you were doing some teaching at the time, doing some recording. There's a whole lot of, sounds like musical influences. What made you decide to move away from that and to where you're at here in Arizona? So moving to Arizona um, was, a big part of it was my wife, obviously. Um, She was living out here in Arizona at that time. I came out for a wedding, we met. Um, you know, sparks flew, she <laughs> fell in love with me, convinced me to come out here. No, I'm just kidding. She <laughs> listens to this, she's going to kill me. But, um, it was, it was tough because, you know, everyone's trying to get to LA mm. as a musician. That's the place to be. Right. And here I was in my twenties moving away from Los Angeles and everyone was like, you sure? Like huh. you're going to phoenix of all places <laughs> like that's not another like you know moving to new york chicago right. louisiana tennessee i mean in nashville i mean that's 
other places where people would be like, okay, I could see that, but right. um, didn't seem to be a natural progression Phoenix, as a musician. Yeah, that's kind of like a downgrade from LA music scene, and, um, and so, so that was tough. I mean, it was what in, in that field. All right, this is a good spot. We'll stop to take a quick advertisement break. Hi there, I'm Dan Young, co-founder of Sonic Productions, your music production company. We partner with businesses to help you deliver your best message professionally, elegantly, and with the power to capture your audience. Our goal is to serve you as you seek to grow your brand, whether you use Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or other mediums like podcasting or television. We'll work with you to custom tailor a song to fit your campaign, or you can visit our music licensing business, Sonica, to choose from over 100 original songs ready for licensing. Voiceover narration is also available. So when it's time to seriously consider growing your business, consider Sonic Productions to stand out. Sonic Productions, our music, your story. Visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to contact our team and to learn more. What year was this when you when you came to Arizona? This was 2003. Okay, in 03. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a matter of trusting God and knowing that, you know, at that point, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're within God's will, it's going to happen. It's okay. going to catch up. If, if, if something's meant for you, it's going to happen no matter where you're at, whether you're in you know, here or in Alaska. Sure. So it was your first inclination to try to find teaching work in Arizona or the music side in Arizona somehow? Um, well, work was <laughs> most important. First, you know, uh, the most important thing for me was just to have an income to be able to move yeah. and continue the progression of dating to being engaged. I, actually, by that point, we were engaged already, but just, you know, of course, mm. providing. But um, and then shortly after that, I kind of knew that I would find something like there would be some kind of opportunity for me to be involved in out here. Um, but yeah, work was uh, first and foremost, the most important thing for me. So did you, start, did you immediately start teaching? So I didn't move out. So that's the other thing. Uh, I didn't move out till I had something in line. So prior to me quitting my job in California, sense. I had something already in line, which was a teaching. Yes. Okay. Uh, a gay God here. And it was that one was teaching music and Spanish. So it was now the progression had continued. So it was PE and Spanish and in uh, Glendale, California, and now it was going to be music and Spanish. Okay. So it'll half and half there. Okay. And uh, what school uh, did you first start teaching at? So that was out here in um, Goodyear, Arizona. Okay. And that was for a school that no longer is in existence. It obviously, like many private schools, um, some of them don't last, unfortunately. So, uh, but within the two years that I was there at the the end of the second year I was there, I had someone come up to me um, saying that they had just interviewed for a position at Valley Christian High School okay. um, and that they knew the principal and they thought that it would be a great place for me to be at. They really enjoyed the principal and uh, uh, convinced me to, to apply. And, okay. you know, I was kind of reluctant because I wanted to kind of be loyal to the school, little startup school and, right. and stick it out with them, uh, through stormy waters. And, um, but ended up 
moving out to the East Valley, Chandler, uh, and teaching at Wow Valley Christian for the next what ten years after yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. And that's the and I started to meet you actually around this time. Yeah. And that's uh, when the extravaganzas yeah. and we started, you know, just getting a chance to work together at the school. That's, yeah. Okay. Very so, cool. So and the progression went from music um, and Spanish at that startup school in Goodyear to being offered just to teach music now. It mm-hmm. was like all music now wow. at Valley Christian, which was like, all right, cool. We've uh, finally arrived. arrived at the place where <laughs> I would want to be, where it'd be just strictly music. That's cool. So, And uh, I know that you're not there now. How long, how long years-wise did you stay at Valley Christian High School? I was at Valley for 10 years okay. uh, from 2005 to 2015 okay wow so a good chunk of time very cool and i don't know what to call it like i don't know i mean i i still remember vividly the principal saying that i was retiring from teaching which just sounded weird <laughs> i'm a little young for I'm that like, aren't yeah you? i'm like kind of weird <laughs> i might come back to it yeah, i don't know <laughs> I guess, yeah i don't know I'm like i don't know it's just the next season the, right I, once again and right so is uh, teaching something that you in, you would enjoy possibly doing another chapter in your life? or um, Yeah, it, like I wouldn't mind it. I think there's the teaching factor is always in you to pass on information to other people. That's always mm-hmm. within you. Okay. And I think as well as an educator, I want to say it's just always it's an innate thing to want to pass on information to other people. Um, and this season for me, um, has been almost kind of a collecting more info okay. season and maybe that will lead to another stint, but sure. maybe not. Maybe it leads right. to something else that progresses from there. Um, I don't want to say never because once again, that's usually when it happens. Well, <laughs> so it's I'm like open you, to it. It's, I, you know, it's well, it's like happens. what you said earlier, you don't want to put people in a box and, yes. and you don't want to put yourself in a box. I, I was a teacher. I'm not a teacher anymore. And then yeah. something opens up and you're like, oh, well, this, oh, yeah. what can I do? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. But I feel, yeah, you know, it's progressions. It's, you know, moving on. There's a season for, for this and season for that. Uh, you can't, I, I, w- I wouldn't feel comfortable being in the same place for a long time unless I was super sure like that's right where God wanted me. And, and it just felt like it was time to move on. And so prior to, um, of course, helping co-found Sonic Productions, you've moved away from Valley Christian High School, basically doing your own production work, right? Right. So when I stepped down from Valley, it was to pursue the production side of it. And that's what ended up happening. Um, uh, Little by little, just doing some jingles, doing some production work for artists, um, some stuff for video, um, music bed, the kind of stuff. And, and prior to that, that's when I had had my first taste of, um, I guess you could say music sync side of it by doing some tracks for, uh, a friend who submitted them to, um, a publishing company out in LA and they got placed on TV, on TV shows. You're right. And that's when I was open to the world of, oh, you could make money off. Like, right. I didn't know there was money in this <laughs> stuff. Like, I thought when, you know, they used tracks on TV, it was like a one and done. Like, oh, we'll pay you to use it. And here's right. your 50 bucks and let's move on. Uh, but 
when I found out that there was like actual royalty money and, you know, there's this, you know, w these waves that can kind of happen over and over financially from the music sync side, it was just like, whoa, like this is interesting. Like you could do some great stuff and get paid for it. And yeah, you know, what kind of um, uh, venues have your music been placed? Like what kind of uh, TV or ads? So um, people find your stuff. Yeah. Um, some of the music played on um, extra show on TV with Mario Lopez and okay. uh, some uh, Tyra Banks show uh, when she um, had her show. Um, some on um, uh, what's this guy? Um, oh man, I'll have to come back to him. Okay. Um, oh, Anderson Cooper. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. Uh, some on his show. Uh, some jingles for like the car dealership here, local car dealership. Um, some stuff for artists, uh, local artists here in Phoenix. And so different different areas of the music biz or music field, I guess you could Very say. Very cool. Good. Okay. So it comes kind of kind of comes full circle of understanding music, your upbringing, and uh, very cool. Yeah. You've been listening to the Sonicast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find show notes in the descriptions, as well as information to hear more from our guest. You can also visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to license music and shop for some cool merchandise. Sonic Productions, our music, your story.